Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Today we're going to start breaking down Luke chapter 12. And in Luke chapter 12, uh, Luke talks about a crowd that is so big, it is numbering in the thousands, that the crowd is beginning to trample over one another. So it's getting to be a little bit of a, a dangerous situation here. And so Jesus is going to address the crowd. But first, and what you're going to see, what we'll see in Luke 12 is how Luke shifts his focus from Jesus is talking to his disciples, and Jesus is talking to the crowd. They, it, it, this goes back and forth through this whole chapter. And so as this huge crowd is gathering and pressing in on Jesus, he's going to turn to his disciples, and he's going to say this to them. He says, Be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten by God? Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man, will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven But anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. There's yet a deep subject to talk about. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will offend or defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So as as Jesus sees the crowds pressing in, he's going to address the crowds and teach the crowds But first he turns to his disciples and he says everything that I just read. And and I want to basically break down what Jesus just said into, into three parts here. Number one, the Pharisees who uh, thought they were the real deal were not the real deal. And their, uh, their hypocrisy will be exposed. That's what Jesus is saying here. Uh, he, because in at the end of chapter eleven, and we'll get into this here in just a second, but at the end of chapter eleven, Jesus, it was Matthew's, it, it's Luke's version of Matthew twenty-three, where Jesus just hammers on the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, and the, and and so the second thing is that these these Pharisees who thought they were the real deal, they're exposed by the light. Remember Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. And so uh, he is going to expose their the, the Pharisees' hypocrisy. And then he's going to tell the disciples, he says, you, you guys are the real deal because 
you will be filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will lead you. And of course, we know from our study in John 14 that the Holy Spirit is God the Father and God the Son living inside of the disciples and us through the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus says that me and my Father, we will be uh, we will come to you and we will dwell in you through the power of the Comforter or the Holy Spirit. Now, Luke ended chapter 11, like I said, with his version of Matthew 23 when Jesus is giving the woes of the Pharisees. And, and so Jesus is confronting the Pharisees and the other religious leaders. And, and if you think about it, the, the people were very religious uh, the Pharisees, they, they, they said all the right things. They did all the right things. They thought they were serving God to the best of their abilities because they're, 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 they were all about works. They were concerned of what they were doing and, 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 and not what they were doing. They, they wanted to please God by following the law to, the, to, to its fullest if they could. And that's what they thought they were doing. And plus, they... they they had taken the law and interpreted the law, and they had made their interpretation of the law law as well, if that makes any sense. It, 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 like when they would blast Jesus for some things that his disciples were doing or not doing, or some things that Jesus wasn't doing. For, for example, you know, you, you, you're not washing your hands when you sit down to eat. You know, Jesus was breaking their tradition, and they were trying to make it law and saying that, 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 Jesus himself and his disciples were not following God's law. But these Pharisees, they looked apart, they talked apart, but and they dressed apart, but they they were they were far from God and and they were doing it for they were doing this for show, they were doing it for praise because uh, they they loved the praise of the people and it wasn't really because they loved God. Maybe some of them did love God. Maybe some of them were trying to serve God, but these people, these religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, uh, all these religious leaders, they had risen over time to a place of power and prestige and, and, and authority. And, and because of their religious status, they were very wealthy. They, they, they cared nothing or very little for the poor or the needs of the community that was around them. Um, and I just want to share some examples of, and there's a lot of them, but I just want to share a few examples that show the attitude of these Pharisees and these religious leaders. Like in Luke 18, 10 through 12, Luke says, two men went to the temple to pray. And this is Jesus giving a, a, a story here. He says, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax, tax collector. So you got these two extremes. You got this Pharisee and you got this hated tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. This guy that's over here, you know, trying to pray like I'm, I'm praying to you. I, I'm nothing like this guy. I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of my income. And then Jesus uh, in the story swaps to the tax collector who wouldn't even lift his head 
before heaven, before God. He just bowed down and he would beat his chest and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So you can see then the attitude of these Pharisees, how they thought they were above everybody else. They, they, just, they, they would be the type of people who walk around with their nose in the air and look down upon uh, the common folk who they, you know, wouldn't even speak to them because you know, you're not on my level. I'm way above you and you're way down here, you peasant. Be, you know, be gone. Here's another example in Luke 7.39. When the Pharisee who invited uh, Jesus uh, into his home, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, talking about Jesus, this Pharisee is saying this about Jesus. So he's thinking it in his mind because Jesus is going to call him out. It's Simon is who it is. If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. That's when the lady had come in and washed Jesus' feet with her tears. And, 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 and listen to, the, to Simon the Pharisee, his attitude. He says, uh, if, a, if this man, if Jesus was really a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Why would a, a prophet, why would a man who claims he is the son of God, why would he allow this sinner to be washing his feet with her tears? But then in Matthew 5, 20, it says, I warn you, unless you're, Jesus, this is Jesus talking to the crowd, unless your righteousness, your right doings, is better than the righteous, uh, righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 6, 1 and 2. Watch out, Jesus says. Do your good deeds. Uh, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others because that's what the Pharisees and the religious leaders were doing, right? So don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues. Why would they blow trumpets in the synagogues and, and in the streets? Because Jesus says they, they're calling attention to their acts of charity. Now look look what I'm doing. Everybody, and they're getting, when everybody hears the sound of the trumpet and they're looking around. And so then they'll give, they'll give some money to the poor. But, but they're not doing it from their heart. They're doing it because they want to be noticed. Look how good I am. Look how religious I am. Look how much I love and serve God, supposedly. Matthew 6, 5, Jesus says, this is in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew's version. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. No, don't, don't be like the hypocrites. Go in your prayer closet. Find you a place of isolation and pray to God in secret. Then God will reward you openly. But if you're just out there like these hypocrites, like these Pharisees, the, the religious leaders, they, they're just doing it for show. They want people to hear them. Oh, look how beautiful he can pray. Just listen to how much he loves God and how earnest he is in his prayer. No, no, they, they, they were all about show. And Jesus over and over and over again, he calls these, these people, these Pharisees, these religious leaders, hypocrites. And I want to get into that when we come back from break. We'll be right back. We all know technology is great when it's operating properly, but when it's not, it can be a huge headache. Well, I want to tell you about my friend Joshua. He is a tech guru and he is here to help you with any problems that you're having with your computer or your phone. 
Joshua offers computer troubleshooting. He can get rid of those viruses that slow your computer down. He offers computer training. He offers iPhone and iPad tutoring. He has Wi-Fi support. He offers web hosting. Joshua can come over to your house or he can help you with your situation by phone. Check out his website at joshuastechservices.com or give him a call at 865-268-6698. So who are these hypocrites? What is Jesus talking about when he calls the Pharisees and the religious leaders hypocrites? Well, in Luke 11, 37-54, it says, As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal, so he went in and he took his place at the table, and his host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. See, there's their inter- interpretation of a law and them trying to make it uh, binding upon people and trying to bind their interpretation on Jesus, who is God in the flesh, who actually wrote the original law. And so they're trying to bind this on Jesus, And the Lord said to him in verse 39, You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy. You're full of greed and you're full of wickedness. Fools, Jesus said. Didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor and you will be clean all over. What sorrow awaits you, you Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from the herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect them the more important things. What sorrow awaits you, you Pharisees, for you love to sit in the seats of honor in the synagogues. They, they had what they called the seat of Moses, and, and the, the, the guest of honor got to sit in the seat of Moses. And so that's what Jesus is saying here. He said, you people love to sit in the places of honor in the synagogues and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplaces. Yes, what sorrow awaits you, for you are like hidden graves in a field. People walk all over them without knowing the corruption they're stepping on. Teacher, said an expert in religious law, you have insulted us too in what you have just said. Yes, Jesus said, what sorrow awaits you? And he just, he just turns his attention to them. He says, what sorrow awaits you? You experts in religious law, you, you crush people with the unbearable religious demands and you never lift a finger to ease the burden. What sorrow awaits you? For you build monuments for the prophets your own ancestors killed long ago. But in fact, you stand as a witness who agree with what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets and you join them in their crime by building the monuments. This is what God and his wisdom said about you. I will send prophets and apostles to them and they will kill some and persecute the others. As a result, this generation will be held responsible for the murder of all God's prophets from creation of the world, from the murder of Abel to the murder of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, it will certainly be charged against this generation. What sorrow awaits you, you experts in religious law. I mean, Jesus has just laid down the hammer on these guys. For you remove the key to knowledge from the people. You don't enter the kingdom yourselves and you prevent 
others from entering. This is what they were. This is what they were supposed to be doing. They were supposed to be teaching people about God and being the example of God. And Jesus is saying, "You are not being a very good example. You were you you were the key. You were removing the key of knowledge from the people." And he says, "You don't even enter the kingdom yourselves, and you prevent others from entering." And as Jesus was leaving, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees became hostile. And they tried to provoke, provoke him with many questions. They wanted to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. So why was Jesus so hard against the Pharisees and the religious leaders of his day? Because people were looking to them to be godly examples, as I said a while ago. They, they, but they were doing the very opposite. They were pointing the people away from God instead of pointing people to God. They were putting heavy burdens on the people, and they didn't really care about the people at all. They were, they, you know, they would, they would do something nice for somebody. But remember, like Jesus said, they're sounding the trumpets because they want people to notice. The good things they're doing, they're not doing it because they love God and they love the people. They're doing it because they, they, they love the, the prestige. They love to be noticed by the people. And Jesus said they're putting heavy burdens on the people. And, 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 and he says, you know, here I am, Jesus, God in the flesh. I show up on the scene and, 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 and you got these Pharisees who are dressed in all this religious garb. Like I said, they you know they they wear the phylacteries because it comes from Deuteronomy six where they where they wore the phylacteries on their on their foreheads and on their wrists. And the bigger the phylacteries, the more Bible scriptures they knew. The smarter they are with God's word, the more knowledge they have. And so they you know they they wanted to have big phylacteries. It was all about show. And you have Jesus, who's God in the flesh, and he shows up. On the scene, and he's dressed like just, just some ordinary dude. He's not wearing some colorful tunic that stands out from the crowd. No, he, he dresses just like an average, everyday dude who goes to work and, and then comes home to his family. That was, that was Jesus. He's hanging out with sinners. He's, he, he's letting this woman who's a sinner, according to the Pharisee, wash his feet. He's, he, he's eating with tax collectors and, and, and just all these scoundrels, according to the Pharisees, and, and, and how they look down upon people. Uh, he's showing people how these religious leaders and these Pharisees really should have been. And the, they, the, he's showing them, you know, he's showing the people love, like the people, the, these Pharisees and these religious leaders, they should have been showing the love and and when god or when jesus exposed their hypocrisy he, he they they could not stand him they they wanted him gone they and eventually they would have their way and have him killed but they did not like jesus exposing their their hypocrisy to uh the people because they were playing a game they were playing uh uh they were a, a big facade. They were they were putting on a show, and their hearts were far from God. And that's why he is telling his disciples at at the at the beginning of this chapter in Luke twelve that he is exposing the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. And and you know if, if you you think about when nobody likes to be exposed, right? 
we, we try to put on a, a show for people and we want people to think a certain way about us. We want people to think this is how we are. They, we want people to think that our lives are together and we don't have any fallacies. We don't have, you know, we, we're not going through th- We just want people to think we have our crap together when, when truth is we really, we don't. We, 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 we don't want to be exposed. And if you think about it, when you catch somebody in a lie or somebody who is cheating and, and they're exposed, it changes the way people view them and they don't like it. They have this facade that's been going on for so long, but now their true self has been exposed and, and they don't like it. And they, they will fight back. And that's exactly what was going on in this conversation with these religious leaders. And, and they're trying to, to, to fight back with Jesus because Jesus is exposing them for who they really are. And when Jesus started revealing the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they they tried to kill him many times. They would pick up stones to to you know to, to try to stone him, and 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 eventually they would uh, kill him on the cross, right? Um, but uh, they they would try to kill Jesus on several occasions, but Jesus would always escape. And so Jesus says, "Be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy." Well, if you think about yeast, what does yeast do? Yeast makes dough rise, right? Yeast, when it's mentioned in the Bible, it's most of the time, if not all the time, it's symbolic for sin. And if you think about yeast, yeast makes its way through a whole clump of dough. It affects the whole loaf. If you don't put the yeast in, the dough it just stays flat. It does not rise. But once you put that yeast in... The dough it rises as it is baked, and 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 that's what sin does. It, it, sin it doesn't just affect you when when you sin, but it affects the people that are around you. It it affects uh, your friends. It it affects your family. It, it it affects so many other people, and and that's why Jesus told the Pharisees, he says, "What sorrow awaits you, you teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, you you hypocrites! For you cross land and sea to make one convert, and you turn that person into twice the child of hell you yourselves are." That's Matthew twenty-three, verse fifteen. The yeast, or the sin of the Pharisees, is hypocrisy. Now, Merriam-Webster says this about the word hypocrite. The word hypocrite ultimately came into English from the Greek word hypocrites. And I probably butchered the way that's pronounced, but it's no big deal. Which This word in the Greek, it means an actor or a stage player. The Greek word itself is a compound noun. It's made up of two Greek words that literally translate as an interpreter from underneath. That bizarre compound makes more sense when you know that the actors in ancient Greek theater wore large masks to mark which character they were playing. And so they interpreted interpreted the story from underneath their masks. In other words, when actors played a role and they wore masks, that would their mask would expound or illustrate that role. Like for instance, men played the, the parts of women, and they they would wear a, a mask that would look like a woman, and and so they were uh, they were uh, playing a part 
from underneath that mask. They, they were pretending to be somebody that they were not. And that's exactly what the Pharisees were doing. And here's some homeless guy because Jesus never, he never owned a home. He, he was basically a homeless guy, a nomad. He wandered here and there. He wandered from city to city, from place to place, teaching people about the kingdom of God. And he would stay out under the, the elements or he would stay in, in, in people's homes sometimes maybe uh, with some of his disciples and their families. But you know, if you think about it, you've got this homeless guy who's walking around. He doesn't own one piece of religious garb. He, he, just, he, he just wears a regular old tunic like your ordinary, average, everyday dude. And he is exposing these men who speak of God, who's wearing these fancy clothing, who has the religious garb on. And they're saying eloquent prayers and they're giving large sums of money in the offering plate. And he's exposing these guys for who they really are. And one thing I want to say before we move on, and I'll end the, the podcast today with this thought and thinking about these Pharisees and these religious leaders and how they were supposed to be pointing people to Jesus, but they, they were hypocrites. They were playing the role of somebody that they were not. They were wearing masks, and Jesus is exposing their hypocrisy. So I want to leave you with this thought. Be real. That's it. Just just be real. Because nobody wants a fake Jesus. Think about that for a second. Nobody wants a fake Jesus. Because people can see our fakeness. And when I see when I when I say nobody wants a fake Jesus, it's because we we are all that Jesus has today. The apostles are gone. They're they're long gone. They're two thousand years removed. And all Jesus has is us. And you hear people say all the time, and you've heard me say it, we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. We are like the Pharisees. We're supposed to be the examples of God. We are supposed to be the examples of Jesus, showing love and compassion and grace and mercy and, and all all these attributes of God. But do people see that when they look at us or you know do they see fakeness and so i want to leave you with this thought be real be yourself don't don't pretend to be somebody that you're not god has made you in his image god has given you a unique personality god has given you talents and abilities that you can do that other people can't do so take who don't be somebody that you're not be who you are be who god made you to be and and take those abilities those talents that god has given you and use them for his glory i want to say it again you are created by god you are made in his image so quit trying to put on the facade like the pharisees were they they were putting on a facade and if you, if you don't know what a facade is, a facade is you can go and you can look at these buildings. They're, they're beautiful on the outside. And, and you see uh, uh, even a lot of church buildings are, are, are this way now. They're, they've got this big, ugly metal building that the whole building's made out of. But on the front, it, it's something beautiful. It, it, it catches your eye. But once you get past the front, it's all a facade. It's just a, 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 an ugly metal, metal building. So in, in other words... Don't pretend to, to be beautiful on the outside. Be beautiful on the outside. Be who God created you and made you 
to be. Quit listening to the world around you, screaming out ideas of how you should be, because that's what the world's going to do. They're going to tell you how you should look and how you should live and how you should act. Don't listen to the world screaming ideas around you of how you should be, trying to shape and to mold you into something that you aren't. Be you. Be you, the you God created. Read his word and find out how he wants you to be and be that person. You know, people say all the time that I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. Listen, you will never be happy trying to be someone that you're not. You'll never be happy trying to be somebody that you are not. If you want to find happiness, then be yourself and let Jesus live in you and through you. There is no greater happiness to be found than to be yourself and to be in Jesus. If you want true joy, and and, and I say joy because happiness depends on outside circumstances. You know, if, 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 if this drumstick was to come flying through the air and pop me in the head, I'm not gonna be very happy. It's gonna hurt. And so it's not gonna make me happy. And it came from the outside. But I would still have joy on the inside. I was because joy comes. Joy says, no matter what's going on around me, no, no matter the circumstances that are in my life, I may have been hit hard by life today or yesterday. And I may be going through this storm. I may be going through uh, these hard times, but I can still have joy. Why? Because joy is a fruit of the Spirit, and I am. I am washing the blood of Jesus Christ. I have given my life to Christ. I am walking with Jesus. Therefore, I have Jesus living on the side of me by the power of the Holy Spirit. And since joy is the fruit of the Spirit, I still have joy no matter what the outside circumstances are. I may not be happy at the moment, but I still have joy. Why? Because I I have Jesus. Do you have Jesus today, friend? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you don't, I pray that you get in contact with somebody today. Contact us if you don't know who to contact. Email me at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com and I will I will get in touch with you and, and, and tell you how to be saved, how to give your life to Christ, and how to walk with Christ. I will encourage you in any way that I can. I will find somebody, no matter where you're at, I will find somebody there that is local that, that will uh, surround you, a local congregation that will love you no matter what you're going through, and they will help you find joy and find peace that only comes in Christ Jesus. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, be real. Let, let Jesus work in your life and work through your life to be a blessing, a true blessing to those that are around you. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.